Shalom and welcome to the Yishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Brooklyn. That's right, I'm in Brooklyn. That's right, and I'm broadcasting to you from beautiful Brooklyn to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are, including Brooklyn. I mean, once you're in Brooklyn, aren't you like, isn't this the heart of the world? <laughs> it feels like it's, um, sometimes it's really the funniest place. And longtime listeners of the Yishai Fleischer Show know that I have a kind of, um, you know, a weakness, shall we say, for New York and Brooklyn. And it's kind of funny to me. It's always funny. It's always, a, it's always like a funny struggle that I have uh, about, like, this place. And, and um, if you know, um, you know Rabbi Mike Foyer, our beloved Rabbi Mike Foyer, well, he has a brother. And his brother, Alan Foyer, is a, is a big writer. Uh, he's a big uh, uh, writer for the New York Times, and he's got a lot of books about about New York. And I, you know, I haven't uh, seen him here yet, but I would tell him like I totally understand why you like love New York and why you you write about New York and stuff. It's really an amazing conglomeration of, of, and a capital of the world, and uh, kind of a rainbow uh, of of a panoply of folks, uh, different kinds of folks that live all together in harmony. Uh, I saw a, I, I drove past a like a real like. You know, think of a Brooklyn type of like basketball park, uh, you know, a kids park, but also with a, with basketball. And I saw there black folks, Latinos, and they're all playing basketball, like like you you know think from like a Spike Lee movie or something. And then there's like two uh, girls from Base Yaakov just sitting there talking. And that's the beauty of New York. And all that doesn't in any way impinge on the fact that the Jewish people are coming home to the land of Israel and we're being reborn in our ancestral homeland. Uh, and I am a bridge. I am trying to be a bridge and trying to hold hands across the Atlantic, as we always say, and uh, connect the uh, the Jewish world to the land of Israel. Strengthen that connection. And I'll give you I'll give you an example. I was uh, at uh, MDS Manhattan Day School, and I didn't go there to speak or anything. I actually went for my niece's uh, graduation from pre K pre three right pre three not pre K. And, uh, you know, I, I was just so moved by how much a love of Israel, of the land of Israel there is, how many flags of Israel, a connection to, to Yerushalayim and, and to the holy places. <clears throat> One thing that I found was lacking was actually a connection to Hebron. And I went up to, I didn't see any pictures and I didn't see any stories of the fathers and mothers. I went up to the principal. I said, can I send you pictures of Hebron, uh, of the Marta Machpelah? She said, absolutely, that would be so, so welcome. And so basically what, uh, what that means is that we have to work harder to connect people to different parts of the land of Israel, to the story of the fathers and mothers, and not let the um, haters separate our people and lovers of Israel, of course, not just our own people, but, uh, but people who are part of the story. That's my code word, right? When I say lovers of Israel, who am I talking about? I'm talking about the Gentiles. I'm talking about the non-Jews. So... I add that phrase in because I mean to say it's sure it's a Jewish story and it's our family story, but it's also there are many people around the world. It's also a universal story. So I say, uh, you know, our brothers and sisters and lovers of Israel around the world. Okay, and and if there is one Torah portion, if there's one Torah portion that it's uh, right to be here in the United States of America uh, for it's the Torah portion of Parshat Shlach, which is the sin of the spies, and also long-time listeners of this show will know that that's my favorite Torah portion. And, of course, the star of this Torah portion is uh, my biblical hero, who's Kalev ben Yifune. And we try to get his uh, 
his story out more to the world. And I just I just want to say that the reason I, I came here to America, the reason I'm broadcasting to you from Brooklyn, from the Chevron offices, Chevron's got an embassy here in Brooklyn, right? I mean, do you, do you understand the depth of that? Like, I'm in the middle of Midwood here, which is the you know one of the Jewiest Jew areas, and um, you know there's Avenue J and Avenue M, and I'm here at Midwood, and we have we have like a Chevron office here, and this Chevron office is is really a way to to send the uh, message and and of of Chevron to the other the other Jews the other Jews. If anybody's ever read Isaac Asimov's Foundation. It's like it's like Brooklyn and Israel are the two foundations at at Star's Edge, right? So uh, I know that that was wonky. I'm sorry. I know I know I got a little sci-fi wonky on you. I'm sorry about that. Uh, but in any case, uh, I'm here in Brooklyn really because of the big Israel Day parade, really called the Salute to Israel parade. That parade took place on Sunday, and I left Saturday night in Israel. You can guess that I did not uh, fly business class. And Saturday night in Israel, and then um, Sunday morning landed and went right to the to, to pray, and then the parade. So that was a big schut to be here at the for the Israel Day parade, and maybe it's an exaggerated number, but there's something like a million participants in this whole thing from the from the various folks that, that come out to to march, and then all the people in the in on the sides, and Hebron has a float here again. I, I really believe in this, and, and I have I feel a tremendous schut merit that I get a chance to be uh, like a link between these two worlds, Israel and America, and to come, you know, when, when Americans or, or Anglos or in general people from outside of the land of Israel come to Israel, we try to host them in, in the Holy Land and try to show them the, the secrets and try to help them become part of the project. And when we fly over here, we're really connecting them to that story back there and reminding them, as Rabbi uh, Dan Rosenstein from the Hebron Fund reminds us, he says, you know, out of sight, out of mind, and we have to be in sight. So I, I came here to the Israel Day Parade, and it was fabulous. Our float was fabulous, and my good friends at the One Israel Fund were in front of us, and they were great with Scott Feltman, and then in front of that was uh, the float of uh, Nefesh Benefesh, calling for American Aliyah. It was great, and it was just a, a beautiful, beautiful day, cloudy day. I like cloudy days. And uh, it was just a beautiful day, and I saw all the young people of uh, of of the tri-state area here, all the Jewish people marching. I saw uh, New York City's uh, police force come out en masse to make sure that we were safe, but at the same time do our thing. So that was really fun. And we, we had a great time. We had a great parade. It was just a, a wonderful parade. Uh, Sunday night, however, there was a big event for Israel in Times Square, run by the uh, minist- by the New York uh, consulate, Israeli consulate, maybe the consulate general, and also by the Ministry of uh, Sports and Culture. This event I enjoyed a little bit less. I thought to myself that it was um, it was not done uh, in a style that I think really was uh, c- as classy as it could have been, and I don't think that Israel exactly understands how it sells itself. I've written articles about this a long time ago. I wrote an article called Bikini Brand or Holy Land. Look it up. It's on Asia. It's on Arut Sheva. Bikini Brand or Holy Land. And I'm oftentimes critical of how the state of Israel sells itself. And of course, this is a very painful thing for me because, and for all of us, because if, if Israel's not selling itself right, if it's selling itself as a bikini brand or, uh, or um, 
you know, they they played over the big screen the Neta Barzilai, uh, 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 kind of a, a a new clip for the Neta Barzilai song. I'm not your toy. And it's a fine song, and, she, and she's a fine musician and artist, but I really just don't think that it is uh, something that really sells Israel, certainly not in America. You know, I don't think Americans know the European, the Eurovision, and that song is just, it's just edgy and does not really send the, the messages of Israel. And then they had a kind of DJ dance party, and I just, I just didn't think that that was really, again, I don't think that Israel sells itself correctly by having a dance party, a DJ dance party in the middle of Times Square. The one thing they did do was they had a very beautiful, uh, in Times Square, like on the, on the big screens, they showed the landscapes of the land of Israel. Judea and Samaria was mostly conspicuously absent, uh, but, but at the same time, you know, there was no Hebron, but at the same time, beautiful scenes of the land of Israel. Even I was taken aback by, by the aerial footage of Akko, and Tzfat and 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 the Negev and 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 the and the, the uh, Masada, I was I was definitely taken aback by that. And it was and it was at nighttime, you know, being shown on the big screen. Um, but um, I I think that I think that 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 Israel's like uh, brand is not exactly solidified. They had a brand. I don't remember it exactly. It was it was the slogan like ancient people, uh, innovative future, or something like that. And, and it was I I saw where they were heading at. Uh, but I think that I think it's missing something. And I got recently an email um, from a listener, and uh, and the listener had a had a fantastic idea um, that really Israel is the land of blessings, land of blessings. Uh, I think that is a, that's a that that is a great way to to start to to promote Israel as a land of blessings. It's a place that you get your blessings. By the way, in the big videos that they showed. Two things were conspicuously absent. Three things. One was Judea and Samaria. Another one, I think, was absent was the army. I think that tough Israel, badass Israel, strong Israel, I think it sometimes is a great brand. And and if somebody says to me, you know, that Americans or people around the world don't want to see toughness, well, look at all the movies that are being made. Aren't all the movies about being tough? And about you know superheroes and all that, and we have real life superheroes. And another very missing, uh, uh, you know, innovation of Israel is is actually the wine industry. And I bumped into somebody who is a distributor of uh, Yatir wines here in America, and um, I just realized wine and on all this like all this blessing that Israel sends out to the world that you can enjoy. You want health? It's going to give you health. You want to push back on the bad guys? We do that. You want wine? We, 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 we touch your life with blessings. Israel touches your life with blessings. And I think we're, we're, we're dancing around this uh, brand, but we haven't quite figured it out yet. And the Neta Barzilai video and the, and, the, and the dance party were, what can I say? You know, um, not something that you wouldn't find in, you know, in Spain, Greece, or the Caribbean, meaning to say a kind of like wild dance party. I just don't think that that's what Israel is, and I don't think that that's really a, a way to sell it uh, to the world. So so it's interesting that we're talking about these things because that's exactly, I think, in part, really, how to sell Israel is in the Torah portion, this incredibly central Torah portion that we're going to be reading this Shabbat, and then I'm going to be at East Meadow 
conservative Jewish synagogue for Shabbat. I'm very excited to be at the conservative. It's really conservative shul in East Meadow. I haven't been there ever, but I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to be there. I've got a lot of speaking, uh, uh, a lot of kind of uh, events scheduled there. There in the background is the famous Sirens of New York City. But I'm going to be here for this Torah portion, which is really about the connection of the Jewish people to the land of Israel. This is, in my opinion, one of the central Torah portions of our time. And let's let's start out with uh, with chapter 13 of the uh, book of Numbers, Bamidbar, and and basically uh, God says to Moses, "Send out for yourself men who will scout out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the land of Israel, and send one man's one man each for his father's tribe. Each man shall be a chieftain in their midst." So basically, they send out these these chief, chieftains, twelve chieftains. And t- ten are uh, ones that, that are going to, in the end, give a very negative report. And, and two are going to be from the tribe of Yoshua ben, uh, from the tribe of Ephraim, Yoshua ben Nun, and from the tribe of Judah, Kalev ben Yifune. And they're going to go through the land. And Joshua, his name wasn't yet quite Joshua. It was Hoshea ben Nun. And... Uh, Mate Yehuda for for the tribe of Judah it's going to be Kalev ben Yefune, and this the first kind of uh, section is going to finish off that Moses is going to add a yud right it says uh, and Moses called Hoshea the son of Nun Yehoshua he added a yud to his name and changed the whole kind of sound of it Hoshea to Yehoshua one little letter changes the whole way that this this name is really said. And famously, this Yud, I've talked about that on the show before, the Yud is from the name Sarah, right? Sarah gets, her name is changed three books ago in the book of Genesis. It's changed from Sarai to Sarah, and that I sound that I made at the end, Sarai, that part is popped off, and it goes loose. It's go, the Yud goes rogue, right? The Yud goes solo. I'm, I'm using Star, Star Wars uh, terminology here. It goes rogue and solo. And it's out there by itself. And it's waiting to, to drop on something because a Yud does not get erased. No letter gets erased in Torah. And finally, it's going to come down to uh, uh, Yehoshua. It's gonna get, he's going to get a Yud, that Yud that puffed up, popped off from Sarah. He's going to get it. So he's connected to the mothers, man. He's connected to Sarah. He's connected to the mothers and fathers. He's got a piece of the forefathers and mothers. And we'll see that Kalev ben Yifune, he's got a different piece. He actually goes to the place. Not only does he have their, he doesn't have maybe a letter or their, their exactly their spirit, but he goes to the to the physical place and demands connection to them. And uh, anyway, twelve spies. At this point, everything is great, and they're the great men of the assembly. They're they're one. They're the top folks, and they go out, and they go to the land of Israel, and Moses charges them to see. Uh, if uh, if it's a good land or not, or if you know, is it a good land for us? Of course, it is a good land, but but is it? Uh, how are we going to conquer it? That's what the Lubavitcher Rebbe really adds here. He really sends them on a mission to figure out what is the way in which that we're going to take it physically, because now God is we are maturing. We're maturing out of the desert existence, where we were getting everything on a silver platter. Now. We are going to mature into doing things in the natural way for ourselves, 
but at the same time, God is going to be with us. It's very much like a parenting moment, right? Like a baby needs full nurturing, and then more and more autonomy gets given to this child as it grows. So they go up into the land of Israel, and now the camera kind of turns not from uh, the perspective of Moses and sending out these folks, but from them now in the land. They are they're like, like the, the scene shifts, and they're in the land. And there's a beautiful phrase. It says, Vayalu banegev. They went up through the south. Vayavo ad Hebron. And he came onto Hebron. Who's he? That's going to be uh, Kalev ben Yefune. There is, by the way, a different version, which doesn't make exact sense, but still I, I think the point is beautiful. It says that they went up together as a group through the south, but when they came to Hebron together, they were as one. And that's why the tense shifts to a singular, right? And he came to Hebron. But it doesn't really make sense exactly in, in that In that, we'll see that it is that is Kalev who came to Hebron and he's going to receive uh, that portion. But in any case, I saw that in, the I think, Kliyakar, that they all became as a one-hearted person when they stood in front of the forefathers and mothers. That's the way it should be. Um... And uh, they came there, famously, they're going to uh, cut down some uh, fruit samples, right? Uh, the cluster of grapes and pomegranates and figs. And these grapes and figs have, have, have kind of two sides to them. On the one hand, they are huge and beautiful and I would say kind of voluptuous and you, you, know, you, you want to consume it. But on the other hand, there's something off-putting about it because it's so... It's according to the midrash. It's like almost bigger than them. It's scary. It's as though there's there's some kind of uh, inability to grasp these blessings. And if you listen uh, to the way people talk about Israel, a lot of times they'll say, "Wow, it's amazing. Wow, it's great. I love it. It's so spiritual." But then you'll also hear a type of person who'll say, "It's impossible to to live there. It's too hard. It's you can't make a living. It's it's a, you can't deal with the bureaucracy, the mentality, the driving, the language, right?" And and that's exactly what this fruit is about. Like it's this. On the one hand, it's like, "Wow, look at this awesome fruit." On the other hand, I can't consume this fruit. I can't get it. The peel is too thick. It's too hard. It's too big. It's I can't really grasp it. So that's the 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 double entendre of of uh, of this uh, these like large fruits. And uh, they walk in the land for exactly 40 days. When I was a kid, I counted exactly how many times the word Eretz, land, appears in this week's Torah portion, in Shlach, and the answer is 40, exactly 40. The word Eretz, the word land, the land of Israel, appears exactly 40 times. Um, and uh, they walked, they returned from scouting the land at the end of 40 days, 40 days. We actually know exactly which day they came back to um to the camp that was the they came back basically on the eighth of av the night that they complained was the ninth of av right and that's why that night is going to become a night of of tears for a long time until the time that the third temple is going to be rebuilt um so okay so they came back and they showed everybody the fruit how, how do you perceive the fruit you could perceive it this way or that way um so it says they brought back uh, they brought them back a report as well as the entire congregation. They showed them the fruit of the land. So how do you show them? It's like, look at this. This is awesome. But on the other hand, I don't know if this is for us. They told him and said, we came to the land to which you sent us. And it is 
indeed flowing with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Okay? So there's a kernel of truth. Yes, the reports are true. It is good. And here's the fruit. And here's the famous phrase, however, however, in Hebrew, Ephes ki az However, the people who inhabit the land are mighty. And the cities are extremely huge and fortified. And there we saw even the offspring of the giants. The Amalekites dwell in the Southland, while the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Emirates dwell in the mountainous region. The Canaanites dwell on the coast alongside the Jordan. So, okay, um, I could also perceive this in two ways. Is this, are you telling me something factual? That there's, okay, here's, here's uh, this is what the Labacher Rebbe was saying. Go to the land of Israel and scout it out and give me a report how to, uh, you know, what's the lay of the land, where's the enemies, what, what we have to do. So far, so good. Seemingly, they're just speaking uh, in terms of facts and letting people know, you know, where, where, what it, what, where, where the, the enemies are, are, are uh, camped and where, where they are at. However, it turns out that that's not exactly what happened. Because let's look at verse 30. It says, Caleb, Caleb, silenced the people to hear about Moses. And he said, we can surely go up and take possession of it, for we can indeed overcome it. In Hebrew, Vayas Kalev Ta'am El Moshe. He shushed the nation and made them kind of pay attention to Moses, saying, Alo We shall indeed be able to go up. Surely we can take possession of it. Viyarashnuta will inherit it. Kiyachol Nuchala. For we indeed will be able to, to overcome it. Interestingly, uh, Kalev doubles almost everything he says. He says, Alo We shall surely go up. Kiyachol Nuchala. We'll be able to defeat it. And later on, we'll see more. He, he doubles everything. And that's because I think the deep message is that what you see is not what you get. We'll go up and we'll, in the end, inherit a land that is not yet visible to us. Whatever you see now, whatever problems there are, it's not everything. And I'll prove it to you in just a second where I'm coming with this. Uh, the, the, now we finally get a first message that indeed... The other folks uh, are actually not just giving a report, but are giving a negative report. And they say the following, But the men who went up with him said, We are unable to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. We will not be able to go up because the the people inside the land are stronger than us. And Rashi and other folks say, They're stronger than us. Could also be read, Stronger than him. The, 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 it's impossible to go into the land. They're, they're stronger than even God. And then it says, the real truth, the kind of full truth comes out in the, in the Torah portion. It says, they spread an evil report about the land which they had scouted, telling the children of Israel, the land we passed through to explore it is a land that consumes its inhabitants and all the people we saw in it are men of stature. Did you hear that? Did you hear what I said? It's a land that consumes its inhabitants. Friends, wh- why should we really focus on this verse? It's because we hear this all the time, that the land of Israel is somehow uh, a land that consumes its inhabitants. Uh, 
another version of that is that the, the you know the Jews there consume uh, other people and destroy them and uh, you know it, it's 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 somehow it's somehow a land of violence instead of being a land of flowing of milk and honey and togetherness and unity and love and light it's got this other side to it which is it's a land that that consumes its inhabitants and and endangers endangers the the, the people and basically they're going to say in just a second we'll see uh, they'll say um um, um, you know why? Why? If only we had died in the land of Egypt. If we only had died in the desert. Why does the Lord bring us to this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be spoils. Is it not better for us to return to Egypt? Then they said to one another, "Let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt." In the Hebrew, "Vayomru ishel achiv nitzna rosh v'nashuva mitzrayma." They said one to the other, "Let's appoint a head." says the Balaturim and others, they say, Nitna Rosh will put a head, means let's create an idolatry. Let's make for ourselves a new head. Let's make a, a idol. And therefore, and it will instruct us to return to Egypt. Okay, so so let's create an idolatry. We'll return to Egypt. And at this point, Moses and Aaron have one of these moments where they just fall. They fall on their faces. And I, that's that's what it says about Moses and Aaron. They just fell, fell on their faces before the entire congregation of the children of Israel. I mean, in terms of a political moment, it's like it, there's something in that verse that just says, we're done. And then it says, Joshua, the son of Nun, and Kalev, the son of Jephuneh, Kalev ben Yifuneh, who are amongst those who scattered the land, tore their clothes. Why is that? Because there was a moment of death. Instead of Forward progress. It was the end of progress, and um, the the and we'll see that those people who basically there's this is a preamble to the true uh, punishment that's going to come, which is death. Death for that generation. Death for those uh, bad speaking uh, heads of the uh, uh, the tribes, the scouts, and. Uh, you know, they're just they're just there's like a, a moment of of break because the the whole the whole vision of Exodus to receiving the Torah to entering the land of Israel with the Torah right that's it's a three stage process Exodus Torah to the land of Israel it just it just died so but but interestingly um, uh, once again Joshua and Kalev try. And maybe here's their redeeming moment. They spoke to the entire congregation of the children of Israel, all of them, including the children, right? I'm just, I'm adding in parentheses, saying, the land we pass through to scout it is, is an exceedingly good land. But in Hebrew, it's tovah haaretz me'od me'od. The land is very, very good. It's a very, very good land. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners to the Yishai Fleischer Show, listen to the words of Joshua and Caleb, it is a very, very good land. And that very, very is, there's one very that you see with your eyes, and there's another very which you don't quite see. And here's the verse that I think really proves the um, the the duality of the of the land of Israel. Pay attention closely. As usual, the, in English, it doesn't pan out as well as in, as in Hebrew. So I'll do it from the Hebrew to the English. Im chafetz banu Hashem. If indeed God wants us, if he desires us, and he's brought us to this land to this land, and he shall give us Eretz Asher he 
Zavat chalav vash. And he shall give us a land that is of the land of milk and honey. Meaning, this land that he brought us to is one level. But if you are patient and work through it and get through the challenges, it will reveal itself as a land flowing of milk and honey. It's not at first only what you see with your eyes, milk and honey. There's another, another level of revelation. And they continue. Ach behashem al timrodu. Do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land. For they are our bread. We need to say we're going to eat them up as bread. Their shadow has left them. Their protection has left them. God is with us. Do not fear them. And herein lies another lesson, is that fear is a sin. Fear. Uh, and I'm not talking about caution, but fear, which is a result of uh, faithlessness, is a sin, right? Faithlessness, you understand, is a sin. And fear that results from faithlessness is, is certainly a sin. It's a kind of idolatry. Uh, how did the Jewish people react? Do they tear their clothes and, and ask for forgiveness? Not quite. At this moment, the entire congregation threatened to pelt them with stones, Oh, no, don't do that. Don't kill the prophets. That's not a good way to do it. Uh, that's not going to end up well for you. But the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the children of Israel. God's cloud descended. And, uh, okay, camera shift. And the shift goes like this. It's, it's no longer the people in Joshua and Kalev. Now that's it. Now we're back to a conversation between God and Moses. And God says, basically, how long will these people provoke me? How, will they not, how much will they not believe me? I'm going to kill them all and make you into a great nation greater and stronger than they. And by the way, and that word mimenu returns just like they doubted me and they said that those people, are that the, the nations in the land of Israel are bigger than me, God. Don't worry, I can get rid of them and make a bigger and better people. I'm, go- I'm going to strike them with a plague and annihilate them. I'll make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. <sighs> However, God says, excuse me, Moses says, but the Egyptians are going to hear that you brought them out of this nation in the midst, uh, out, of, out of Egypt. People are going to hear that you brought, uh, Egypt's going to hear that you took this nation out and they will say, uh, Basically, you'll say that you appear to them eye to eye, that you, Lord, appear to them eye to eye, and that your cloud rests on them, and you go before them with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And if you kill this nation like one man, the nations who have heard your reputation will say as follows, since the Lord lacked the ability to bring this nation to the land which he swore to them, he slaughtered them in the desert. Meaning to say that Moses used the God's logic against him, right? And this is, of course, only in the Jewish Bible. You, you, only, you don't get this in the Quran. I dare say you don't say the, get this in the Christian text as well. This is, this is Moses saying to God, look, let's reason this out, okay? Uh, if you kill these people, and surely they maybe deserve it, parenthetically, I don't know, I don't want to say that, but, but it's going to look bad for you. It's going to be bad PR for you, Okay? It's going to make it look like you weren't able to bring the nation to the land. So don't kill them. And instead, go for long-suffering. What's long-suffering? Meet out the punishment in, in, in kind of payments, but don't 
don't um, uh, don't hurt your good name, right? Don't don't desecrate your name. Don't dishonor or disrespect your own name by 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 allowing your anger to get rid of your people. It is going to look bad for you. How do you like that for logic, ladies and gentlemen? How do you like that? And then he says uh, an unbelievable phrase, which I haven't received enough info on. It says, "Vata and now, Yigdal na koach Adonai ka'asher dibarta le'emor." And now your strength should be greater, increased. God's strength should be increased as you have spoken. And he lays out then the uh, the attributes of mercy. But 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 th- this is an amazing thing about about the Moses God relationship. Every time God gets very angry, Moses is able to turn it into like God. We're gonna your name is gonna be even more sanctified now. You you, you, you it's almost like it's almost like you have to overcome this God, and through this overcoming, your your name will be bigger. You you can you can do this God, and you can become magnified through this through this. Uh, uh, you, you, through this problem, uh, uh, through this uh, stumbling block, you God will be will be will be magnified. I mean, it's an it's an incredible phrase. It's an incredible phrase, and and it happens. It happened again in uh, in in the book of Exodus and Kitisa. We learned the same thing. When God is very angry, Moses system, we can we can we can get through this together. You're going to be much bigger at the end. And he says. Please forgive the iniquity of this nation in accordance with your abounding kindness as you have borne this people from Egypt until now. And the Lord said, I have forgiven them in accordance with your word. So Moses saves the people, the nation, saves the mission, and helps God's and helps God's name be magnified and sanctified. But God continues, and he says, yeah, it's true. I, I've forgiven, as you said. And I remember what I said, that what Moses really asked for here is long-suffering. And then one of my favorite verses in the whole Torah, I promise you this is one of my favorite verses in the whole Torah, and we don't have a time now to go into the full depth of it, but he says, v'ulam, God, God continues, he says, I forgive you, I've forgiven them in accordance with your word, v'ulam, however, chai ani. I am alive, or as surely as I live. The sanctity, the glory of God will fill the entire earth. God says, I am alive. And my, my, my name, my, my glory is going to fill the entire earth. Why does he say that? Because they screwed up that mission. The mission of the Jewish people returning to the land of Israel is the message, is the mission of, of sending a message to the world that, that God's name is going to sancti- be sanctified throughout the land, throughout the whole earth. It starts with the land of Israel and it spreads out. But then they screwed it up. But my name is still going to get out to the whole world. But those people that perceive my glory and the signs that I performed in Egypt in the desert, they have tested me these 10 times, not listened to my voice, they will not see the land that I swore to their fathers, and all those who provoked me will not see it. However, my servant Caleb, since he was possessed by a different spirit and he followed me, I will bring him to the land to which he came, and his descendants 
will drive its inhabitants out. Okay, he, they will inherit it is, is a better translation. And my servant Kalev, Ekev, Hayta ruach acheretimo, since he had a different spirit with him, vaimale acharai, and he fulfilled my words, vihaviotiv, and I shall bring him el haaretz to the land asher bashama that he came to it, and that's Hebron, vezaro yorishena, and his seed will indeed inherit it. There's a lot to be said about that. Uh, about the different spirit that possessed Kalev uh, ben Yifune, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of knowledge behind that verse. Uh, but in in suffice it to say that Kalev had a different spirit, and he did not follow the the simple meanings that he did not follow the paths of the other uh, the other spies, and this came from his connection to the tombs of the fathers and mothers in Hebron. He prayed there not to succumb. And that's the Medrash says that he prayed to not to succumb to their evil plot. Obviously their plot uh, and their conspiracy and their their bad report, there was a tremendous pull there. Even Kalev ben Yifune had to fight off that pull. Now listen to this next verse, which is very interesting. And remember that I said this for later. The Amalekite... Ha'amalaki v'haknaani yoshev be'emek. The Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valley. Tomorrow, turn back and journey into the desert towards the Red Sea. So the Amalekites and the Canaanites are where? They're in the valley. They're below you at this moment. But too bad, while they're below you, meaning to say that you can actually defeat them at this moment, since you don't have my presence amongst you, since you, you angered me, And there was a moment where you could have defeated them because they were below you. They're dwelling in the valley. Turn tomorrow back and journey into the desert towards the Red Sea. There's a new chapter here. You were going to go into the land. The enemy was going to be below you. You were going to defeat him. And you missed that opportunity. Now turn around. You're going back into the desert. So remember that I said that because because we're going to see that these Amalekites and Canaanites take different positions, physically speaking, depending on if the Jewish people are meritorious or not. Okay, folks, so that was, uh, the, the, that was the bad news. You got to start turning around, and now we're going to get an explanation of what's going to happen here. And says God um, basically tells them, why did I tell you to turn around? Because in this desert, your corpses shall fall. Your entire number, all those from the age of 20 and up uh, who were counted basically for the folks between 20 and 60, because you complained against me. You shall not come into the land concerning which I raised my hand, that you would settle it, except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. So everybody between 20 and 60, and and Kalev is right now 40 years old. Uh, We know this because we're going to read later on in the book of Joshua that he kind of recounts this, and he says, I was 40 years old back then, and now it's 45 years later, I'm 85 but I'm still as strong. In any case, all the folks other than these two, guess what's going to happen? They're not going to go into the land, including, dun, 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 including Moses himself. It doesn't say that, but that's what we learned in last week's Torah portion, that there was already a prophecy that Moses isn't going into the land. As for your infants, continues God, and he says, of whom you said they will be as spoils, I will bring them there to the land of Israel, and they will come to know the land which you despised. 
But as for you, your corpses shall fall in the desert. Your children shall wander in the desert for 40 years and bear your iniquity until the last of your corpses has fallen in the desert. Really, I, I translated iniquity, but it's really your, your, hor- your hoariness, your, your, your um, you know, the, your, uh, what's the right word here? Um, they, they translated here defection. Uh, but in any case, your, your, um, your prostitution, really, it's a, that's the word that's used there. And it's, it's a, um, your, your great failure, right? Your, your children will walk with you and watch you die and, and remember, and you'll, be, you'll, do it, you'll bear that shame that you missed the opportunity. And think about that for a second. 40 years of wandering the desert. Why are we wandering the desert? Because, because I screwed up, because I didn't go into the land of Israel, because I, 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 I despised the land which God wanted to give me. You're going to see it, but I won't, because I missed my shot, and here I am with you. Very powerful, very painful. Very painful. And maybe if I could add a little bit to that pain, which is my want, uh, that uh, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings here, but think about it. If you have thought to yourself to connect more with the land of Israel and to live in the land of Israel, like, do you want to be one of the people who missed that opportunity? Uh, no. But I'm, I'm giving you, I'm giving you, a, a, you know, a, a different thought here, which is, you know, living in the land of Israel today is the greatest opportunity. But there are other opportunities. And and on this show we talk about all the time what is our way to connect? What is our way to connect? How do we how do we find a way to connect? Because for one reason or another not all of us could could go up right now to the land. But can we say in our heart that when we read this, yes, we are connected to this land. We will not be those who despise this land. We will not be of the despisers of the land. No, no. And, and that's all I want you to say to yourself. Do I despise the land? No, I don't, God. I've never despised the land. I'm, I'm with you, I'm so, and I want to build it, support it, be part of it in any way that I can. And I think that uh, another way to do it is really through uh, the wines, uh, drink from the wine of Israel, uh, imbibe the products of the land of Israel. Some stores here in Brooklyn just sell even water from the land of Israel. Maybe I'm going to go get myself a water from the land of Israel today here in Brooklyn. So uh, what way do we find to connect? And he says, continues the Torah portion, according to the number of days which you toured the land, 40 days each day for a year, you will thus bear your iniquities for 40 years and you will come to know my, my anger. Um, and then, guess, now guess, now this is a very important part, guess what happened with those people who gave the initial bad report? Do you think that they uh, 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 repented? It says, as for the men whom Moses had, had sent to scout the land, who returned and caused the entire congregation to complain against them by spreading this uh, slanderous report about the land, the men who spread the evil report about the land died in a plague before God. You know what? Um, I, I just read that translation, and I don't like the way the way it says it. it doesn't that, there was a mistake here in the translation? Let, let me re say that to you. I, I kind of read it quickly from the English, but that's not what it real. That's not the way I understand the text. I think what the text says there is that those people who com- who originally initiated the complaint returned and again spread. Meaning to say, they kept going with it. They kept justifying themselves. They returned and they did it again. They were like, no, no, no. Our complaint was right, and they justified themselves, and then they died in a plague. And according to Medrash, a very awful and public and grotesque plague. So the, their kind of tongues came out 
and bugs like came up their tongues and and and, and killed them from within and that's because they um because they spoke a slanderous speech we talked about that last week how important it is to keep that speech pure and all of us could do better and then it says that Yeshua ben Nun and Kalev ben Yifuneh remained alive from the men who toured the land okay so okay so bad news right you open up the newspaper in the morning in your tent in the desert oh we're going to be here for 40 years we messed up badly so what do you think people, uh, how do you think people respond? Some people say, wait, wait, let, we're sorry, we're sorry. So there, there, was, there were a group of people who mourned greatly, and some people arose in the morning and ascended to the mountaintop saying, we are ready to go up to the place which the Lord spoke, for we have sinned. But Moses said, why do you transgress the word of the Lord? It will not succeed. This, this, this effort of yours to go into the land of Israel without God will not succeed. I do want to tell you that I saw in, um, in the Rav Tzadok Milublin, one of the great Hasidic masters, he says on this verse, it says, Lama atem ovrim et pi Hashem. Why, do you, why do you go against the word of God? Vehi lo titzlach. And this effort shall not succeed, but says, um, Rav Tzadok, he says, this will not succeed, but there will be another time where you will go supposedly without God and it will succeed. And that will be the third commonwealth, the time that we're in now, where the Jewish state is started by the secular. They seemingly went without God, but uh, it will it, it did succeed because because that was just on the heat. That was really just a tikkun for this, for this sin. These people... Uh, that the uh, the secular Jews that started the land of Israel, they're really fixing the great sin of a generation that was full of Torah but rejected the land of Israel. So a generation had to be born that was empty of Torah but yearned for the land of Israel and Torah came on its heels, not the other way. In any case, God says to them, don't go up by this group of people. Don't go up and try to do it by yourself. Why? Because, listen to this carefully, the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you. Remember before they were in the valley, but now they're on the plain equal to you. They're like right before you, and it's going to be a match one-to-one. You won't defeat them. You won't beat them. Why? Because you, God is not with you, and you need God to beat the Amalekites and Canaanites, and now you're on equal footing with them. They're going to defeat you, says Moses. And you're going to fall before them, and you didn't go with God, and God's not with you. You're going to fall before them. But these folks defiantly ascended to the mountaintop, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, Moses, uh, and the Lord, and Moses did not move from the camp. Guess what happened? The Amalekites and the Canaanites, who lived on the mountain, came down and smote them and crushed them, pursuing them until destruction. So. Now the verse says that the Amalekites and the Canaanites were on the mountain, and we were below them. L- l- pay attention to what to what the, how, how a little change, a textual change, which is, you are first when you when God was with you, your enemies below you. We're going to destroy them. Now that you're going to try to walk without God, there you're an even playing field. And when you actually get to the playing field, you're actually below them. They're on the mountain. The, the reality of the land of Israel changes if God is with you or not. Right? And the text very subtly changes the position of the Amalekites and the Canaanites. Changes their position. 
uh, and more and more they arise and ascend and we are below them because we're not with God. Now, amazingly, the next part uh, of the Torah portion shifts gears altogether in an incredibly hopeful fashion. And what the Torah is going to tell us is that God is going to decree all kinds of laws in the next parts of the Torah portion that are all about what should you do when you're in the land of Israel. These, this part of the Torah portion is incredibly an incredible gift that God gave us in the Bible when he said, I will punish you and you're not going to go into the land, but I'm going to already reveal to you the knowledge of how to exist in the land. This is a promise that you will, in the end, go into the land of Israel. This is a promise for all our generations as well. We're going to be in exile, but we're going to come in. So uh, here, I won't read it in text. I'll, I'll read it outside of the text. I'll just tell you that it says that the Jews are told that upon entering Israel, an individual who pledges to sacrifice, uh, to bring a sacrifice, must also bring an accompaniment uh, consisting of wine libation and flour offering mixed with olive oil. But this is upon entering the land when you bring a, a, a gift sacrifice, a willful sacrifice. This is not a punishment sacrifice. This is like a, you know, uh, uh, a gift to God when you enter the land of Israel. In the fifth section of Torah portion, uh, we continue with the rules of that sacrifice, uh, detailing the quantities of wine, the flour and oil to be brought with various species of livestock. And then the beautiful mitzvah of challah in the sixth aliyah uh, is contained in, in the section of the sixth aliyah. When one needs dough, a portion must be taken and given to the priest. Uh, if the Sanhedrin, the rabbinical Supreme Court, erroneously permits an act of idolatry, the community acts upon this permission, the Sanhedrin must also bring a special sin offering. And this, again, is the challah and the other, and the Sanhedrin offering, the sin offering of the Sanhedrin is only in the land of Israel. Right? We also take, today we take uh, challah, uh, when we make a, enough of a dough, uh, when Jewish women make enough of, or, or Jewish men for that matter, I know a lot of uh, great bakers in Israel, uh, the mitzvah of challah, you have to take a portion of it and you kind of, you're supposed to give it to the priest today. We just burn it because we don't have, we don't give it to the priests. Uh, but that only happens in the land of Israel. And if a Sanhedrin, a, a rabbinical Supreme Court, makes a mistake, that only happens in the land of Israel. So, so God is telling us uh, that yes, I will now inform you of, of how to live in the land of Israel. Uh, we also um, learn about the rule regarding an individual who is guilty of an idolatrous practice in the land of Israel, in, in the Jewish commonwealth, whether this is inadvertent or intentionally. Uh, there's like rules set out for what happens if somebody in your land uh, brings idolatry into the land. Finally, there's two more sections, and one is a man is found desecrating the Sabbath. Uh, he's gathering wood pieces, and he is, uh, and, and they don't know what to do with him. And, and they ask, what is the right thing to do? And they're going to execute him. And there are uh, different explanations of why this section is in here. But I think there's something very, very deep here, which is actually not the usual thing you would hear from me. So pay attention. The Torah portion is there to tell you, yearn for the land of Israel. But Sabbath 
is a Jewish principle wherever we are around the world. There is, just as there is a yearning for the land of Israel, there is also existence here in Brooklyn and in, uh, in Australia and around the world. There's going to be Jewish existence in Krakow or in Addis Ababa or in the port of Aden. Uh, there's going to be Jewish existence. And the Torah portion is there to tell you, and some people say that this guy, this man, this, whole, this man who was executed for desecrating the Sabbath, some people say that he was actually a very righteous man who wanted to show the Jews how important the Sabbath is, even if they're disappointed they're not going to the land of Israel, and they might think, don't, let's not keep Judaism at all. No, keep Judaism even wherever you are. And then it says basically that... Um, that that it's bechol moshvotechem in any parts where you're living in the, around the world anywhere that a Jewish person is supposed to live he's got to keep the Sabbath. There are some commandments and some relationships with, with some effort as, aspects of the relationship with God which are universal, which are everywhere. And don't be bummed if you can't keep it in the land of Israel, wherever you are. A Jewish person has to keep the Sabbath. And very very finally is the Torah portion, the section that Jews uh, read every day. And that is the following. Let's read it together. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and you shall say to them that they shall make for themselves fringes on the corners of their garments. Throughout their generations, they shall affix a thread of sky blue wool. Trelet! On the fringe of, fringe of each corner. This shall be fringes for you. And when you see it, you will remember the command, all the commandments of the Lord to perform them. And you shall not wander after your hearts and after your eyes after which you are going astray, right? I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the, um, the cantillation, right? Which means, uh, it says, uh, you shall not wander after your hearts and after your eyes, after which you are going to astray. It teaches us that our eyes and our hearts aren't always true, right? And, and in modern society, you know, you, that's, that's, that's anathema. Could it be that your, your heart is not telling you the truth? Yes, your heart is a lustful heart. It's not always the, a truth teller. And your eyes aren't always truth tellers. Interestingly, when it comes to Jerusalem, though, when it comes to Jerusalem, it always says, See the good of Jerusalem, right? Our eyes should see your return to, to, to Zion. And it says, um, uh, it says um, so many verses about, uh, about what God says to Abraham, I'll show you the land. Uh, but specifically about Jerusalem, it says it's called Yeru. It's called like you shall be seen, and you in Jerusalem you're supposed to be seen. It's to see and be seen. There are many many verses that have to do with Jerusalem. Uh, did I say Urebetuv Yerushalayim? See the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. And there's something about Yerushalayim which you can trust your eyes. If your eyes see a rebuilt and reborn Jerusalem, trust your eyes. Uh, that is that is a gladdening of the eyes. Finally, I am the Lord your God who took you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Uh, that's how the Torah portion ends. It's, it basically says to you, uh, be the Jew. Keep the Sabbath and look like a Jew. You're different even when you're outside of the land of Israel. Even when you're outside the land of Israel. And that's maybe why I don't think that the DJ party in Times Square is exactly the way to, to sell the state of Israel. 
there is something different about us Jewish people. We're supposed to be the Sabbath people. We're supposed to be the the, the light people. I think a DJ party is something you can have uh, in the Caribbean, uh, maybe even better than the way we do it in Israel. But but we are we are a holy people, a special people. We gotta we gotta keep ourselves from straying. We gotta be that that blue string. Of course, that blue string has been found today, and that's one of the sponsors of our show. And I always recommend you check out T E K H E L E T. Tchelet.com, Tchelet.com. Get yourself the True Blue Jew uh, garments. And I just got a uh, picture from uh, one of the listeners of the show. Actually, not a listener, a friend, who I finally convinced him to go Tchelet. And he's just like reborn. I think we should have, when you put on your Tchelet for the first time, we've got to have like a birthday party for you. Check out Tchelet. And yes, we need a women's product as well there, a, a necklace, a bracelet, whatever it is. We'll check it out and, and make sure that Tchelet people make something for, for all of us to be to have a share in this mitzvah this connection to Tchelet. Uh, and I also want to, of course, this, this week, more than any other week, promote the uh, Hebron Fund, and that is uh, your way of connecting to the tombs of the fathers and mothers like Caleb did, like Caleb ben Yifunet did, like King David did, like like Abraham did, These are like Adam did, right? <laughs> You're following in good footsteps if you go with, like Jacob did when he said, bury me in the land of Israel. If you're If you're following the footsteps of Hebron, you're following Adam, you're following. You're following Abraham. You're following Jacob. You're following Caleb. You're fa- uh, you're fi- following David. You're in, you're in good good footsteps. Footsteps of the giants. Uh, let's also check out our good friends at Django.net to who connect us to the story of Israel wherever we are. And uh, maybe I'll look up something right now just to see what's going on in the land of Israel. I think my wife just sent me something from there. Uh, so Django.net is your information superhighway about what's going on in Israel. Uh, and of course, um, northernisrael.com forward slash Yishai. Let's purchase, let's make this, let's make this Shabbat, the Shabbat that we purchase something in the land of Israel, right? That we go towards purchasing something. Uh, speaking of purchasing something, uh, help me put up more flags and help support the show by, uh, contributing at least $500 to, uh, to, um, the, our flag project. And I have some giant flags, a few, I think I have two left right now. I'll get more soon, but I have two left, one from the City of David and one from Hebron, uh, two giant flags. I think they're nicely ripped up as well from the winds. The wind, the wind. Do you want to feel the wind of the uh, the uh, the hilltops of Judea and Samaria of Jerusalem? So we will send you a giant flag. Just go to Yishai. People ask me this. I forgot to tell them. Uh, YishaiFleischer.com. YishaiFleischer.com. And then I think it's forward slash Kuma. That's our 501c3. So check that out as well. Send us some money and you'll get an awesome flag and you'll be part of the great mitzvah of building the land of Israel and, 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 and receiving the land of Israel to wherever you are so that you can always feel part of it. Um, gosh, I think we probably have some more uh, sponsors, including Very Good News Israel, which I want you to check out. And this is the, this is the Torah portion to read from Very Good News Israel. And, to write, and, uh, and we are now going to start a project I forgot to tell you about this. 40 years of talking good about... For, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Reverse. Reverse tape. Start again. 40 days of only speaking positive about the land of Israel. We're going to start that from next Monday, which is uh, the 28th of, uh, of uh, Sivan, right? That's when the spies left for 40 days. They came back with a bad report. We're going to do a good report for 40 days for Israel. 40 days of a good report. It happens to be... Maybe coincidentally that my birthday is on the 28th of Sivan, the day that the spies left um, 
and we're going to fix their their mistake of speaking badly about the land of Israel by speaking good. God has spoken good about Israel, and he has spoken good about you because you're connected to it. I send you blessings from the land of Israel f- through Brooklyn here, through the little embassy of, of Hebron here in, in our Brooklyn office. It's been an absolute pleasure being with you. Thank you, God Almighty, for this incredible Torah portion. Thank you so much for teaching it to us. And thank you so much for channeling all this incredible knowledge. And, and God, may we follow you closely uh, uh, to the land of Israel and to that channel of blessings that you want us to channel to ourselves and especially to the whole world. Thank you very much. Thank you, folks, for being with me. Write me an email, Yishai at the land of Israel. Connect with me on my uh, weekly email that we're sending out together with Moshe Herman. He's doing a great job putting out a wonderful and informative email once a week. Thanks to Tabitha. Uh, for putting together the Land of Israel email and uh, all the the web stuff for that. Thanks to Ben Bresky for editing. And thank you out there for, for being part of the story. Write me an email. It makes me feel so happy. Uh, Malka still owes you some emails, uh, and, but she'll be sending them out this week. And uh, get, send me a blessing as well, if you don't mind. Send me a little blessing. It doesn't have to be by email. Send me an, an emotional heart hashtag through the ether. Bounce it off the moon. Send it out to me. Look up to God and say, help Yishai in his mission. And I send you back uh, my love and a prayer that you are successful in your mission. And that's it, folks. We have a great mission. That's maybe one of the greatest blessings in the world is that we have a mission in our time. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to work for you. Thank you for this mission. And I found a great ver- a great midrash a great, a, great, a great saying in the Midrash. It says, there's nobody more favorable in the eyes of God than an emissary who does his emissary work with uh, self-sacrifice, with Mesirut Nefesh. May God give us the strength to have, our, know our shlichut, to do our shlichut, to know our emissary work, to do our emissary work, and to do it with Mesirut Nefesh, with self-sacrifice. Folks, stay tuned, stay connected, stay strong, strong stay strong, and speak well, right? Do not stutter. Stay strong and connected to the land of Israel and to the great story of God's great dream that's been for a long time. So stay strong, stay connected, stay tuned. God bless you. Shalom.